Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kingdom's Queens podcast. We are officially in Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl LVIII. Uh, we are so excited to be here with you guys and preview this upcoming matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers, a rematch from a few years ago. So we have a lot to talk about tonight, and we have a few special guests joining us as well that we're going to bring up here in just a minute. But I'm your host, Lexi. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jody. Hey, y'all. It's Super Bowl week. Again. We made it. We made it. Shout out to everybody in the comments already. We just started rolling and y'all are here. So that means y'all are just as excited as us. Lexi, get into who our special guests are. Let's get this show going. We have two very special guests with us for this Super Bowl episode tonight. We have Haley Lewis and BJ Kissel with Kansas City Sports Network here with us tonight. So I'm going to bring them up here now. Who you guys should all know very, very well. (laughs) They killed the Kansas City scene, right? If you guys want to say hello. What's up, people? <laughs> BJ's, uh, BJ's on the Queens. I almost let him borrow my tiara, but he said he didn't want to wear it. I know. I mean, he probably would have outshone us all with his tiara on. Exactly. So probably good. I'm just glad I was able to wear the purple and represent K-State. It's a big, big day win. for us. So yeah. big wear, win I'm going to rock the lavender when I can. <laughs> you're, you're on brand a little bit. You're on brand a little bit. So... <laughs> Um, I, I'm just going to ask you guys this question because I asked you before we went live, but tell the viewers, are y'all in Kansas City? Are y'all in Vegas? What are y'all doing and what are y'all plans for the Super Bowl? Yeah, BJ and I have a really cool cool setup that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're actually going to be at the place to party, right? Like this is where everyone in Kansas City, if you're going to be staying here and not in Vegas, you want to be at Power and Light District. That's where we're going to be. So we're going to be downtown at the Power and Light District. We'll actually be on a private balcony outside of Mosaic overlooking the stage for the watch party. And we are going to be streaming through Bleacher Report and we're going to have a post-game show on the Kansas City Sports Network. And we will be, you know, chatting the entire game through, live reacting, I'm hoping that they keep serving BJ drinks so that he can relax. They call <laughs> but I mean, BJ, you can take it away. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to have a party. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I I haven't been in the environment, haven't been down to PL for a game before. And so I'm looking forward to it. And you hooked it up uh, with the location. And it should be fun. It's going to be a little cold. So we got to figure that out. That's sitting outside for a long time. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know how many. What I'm worried about, Ailey, is that I can't get up and pace around. I can't go watch the game in the corner by myself like I normally do because uh, there's going to be nowhere to go. I'm going to be trapped in the little corner. Basket case when it comes to games. Like, like this man, I'll watch him and I'll be broadcasting during the game and he'll just be like, yeah my new thing this postseason is like i have an entire family size bag of twizzlers that i literally go through during the entire game because i'm stress eating twizzlers so <laughs> i spent six it. years not being able to cheer or do anything at all and having to be completely silent in a press box and i would just slam my chair down and then i got in trouble for that uh and so yeah i'm letting out six years of not being able to do anything uh, as Haley mentions, when I get a little animated during this. That's amazing. Just so you know, I also do the same exact thing. If I'm at Arrowhead, I will go from the 300 level to the 100 level to the Miller Light bar to the, I will, I'm like, okay, well, something bad happened. So that means I have to move from where I'm at because this is clearly a bad spot. So it's, it's, it's clearly Judy's fault. And so there's a game. It's all my fault. I went, we went to the opening, I think last year against the Chargers, it was. Yeah. And Jody was like, she went to sit at the bar, whatever bar it was. And she's like, I'm staying here because we're winning ever since I'm sitting here. And then we won the game and she stayed. Yeah. So, she yeah. said, bye. I was like, I'll see you guys at the car. Bye. <laughs> well, game, even though you're here at the stadium because, you know. Yeah. I can't move. It is what it is. So <laughs> let's go ahead and kind of get into this Super Bowl preview. Yesterday was opening night, media yeah. night. Great night. Okay, and so be to be very transparent, I don't know what I thought I was expecting. Yeah. I do not think it went the way that I thought it was going to go at all, but I ended up loving every single moment of it. So I would love to know what's everybody's thoughts about opening night, how it started off, how it ended. Let's start with our guest first. What are y'all thoughts about last night? Haley? <laughs> Oh, oh, no, BJ, you go first. <laughs> I, I, I have full disclosure. I did not watch. I was not watching opening oh, okay. night at it. Um, all I know about opening night is it's it's 
a cool and it can be very, very fun moments. But when you're there covering it, it's just kind of weird. Um, there's just there's a lot of people in costume. There's a lot of weird things going on. Some very strange questions being asked. So for the beat writers who are around the team every day, there's a lot of media availability leading into that. And so it's it's kind of known as a thing where it's not serious. There's a lot of goofy things going on. And I don't need to know that it was in Vegas to know how weird it must have gotten being in yeah. Vegas. Um, yeah. So those are, those are my, t- I've heard, I've seen some stuff on Twitter, but. <laughs> I feel like opening night is always just wild. It's like when the curse yes. out. I mean, I remember last season, you know, mama Kelsey gets on there and starts handing out bags of cookies <laughs> yeah. to kids and everyone. And like, you're always like, that's always going to be your clickbait, right? What happens on opening night. I think what's important is that, you know, yes, we love to hear about the Taylor Swift updates. And I mean, I'm all about, like, I know I, I pain BJ to like, just, just hashtag Taylor Swift once or twice here. I mean, <laughs> love story play out. I don't think I've ever seen that big of a media crowd for Travis Kelsey. I mean, it was backed up like quite literally all the way to the stands um, or excuse me, to the seating. But I think what the biggest thing that comes from this is the fact that, you know, it's, it's a bunch of hoopla. Who's the team who can, avoid the distractions and stay locked in because a lot of bulletin board material always comes out of it. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but like the turf com like conversation and the complaints and there's just a lot of headlines. And I think it's really more or less if the chiefs can stay locked in and focus with all of that stuff now buzzing and out of the way. Yeah. And a good thing about our guys having done this so many times, especially so many of the young guys who were on the team last year they they know what to expect. I think Vegas is a little more extra, obviously. Some of the things yeah. I saw, I was just like, is this media night or we had some like show in Vegas? Yeah. On, like it was like some of the costumes were crazy and whatnot. But I think the, the the biggest thing that I thought, and I think he did it last year. There's that little kid who's interviewing people. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Thank you. I was like, what is his name? He's just precious. And he's so good too. Yeah. He's so good at asking questions and he's so charismatic. I don't know. I love watching him interview players. I think it's awesome. And it's just endearing. So that's been my favorite part besides, you know, the, the booing of everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seems like a really good idea. You know what I mean? Like um, let's just boo our guys who got mad at a kicker, right? Like let's- booing is pretty epic. Like smart. I, so what I heard someone say earlier today was, it was like, a few years ago when the Chiefs played the 49ers in Miami, mm-hmm. um, it was a lot more cheering for the Chiefs and a lot less cheering for the 49ers because at that point, the 49ers had won like, what, five Super Bowls at that point? Yeah. Chiefs only had one. And so we were all just excited to be there again. Um, so it's just funny the difference in cheering and all that good stuff. But it was funny to see like the Blue Man group was there. He was with our players. Like, Isaiah Pacheco running out, all those different characters, like you guys said. It's just like it was very Vegasy. It was very showman. Very Vegas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was. It was <laughs> lot, though I I enjoyed it. But yeah, I like, will say, I, I, the one thing that I thought was pretty hilarious um, was, of course, all the Niners fans booing the Chiefs. Fully expected, right? But then hearing that there were a ton of Raiders fans there too, also booing the Chiefs. I was like, okay, this is the highlight of my day right here. So right. we can kind of get into that. So everybody got booed. You name a player, they got booed. So tons of great reactions from all of our players. What were your thoughts about how the players conducted themselves? Because they normally don't, and I say chirp, right? Chiefs mm-hmm. players don't normally normally chirp in the media. On the field, of course, of course. But you don't normally see him do it publicly. So, like, what were your thoughts and your reactions? And, like, do you think they were trying to, like, keep their composure? But as the night continued to progress, they were like, all right, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And they I mean, wanted to bite back a little. Yeah, I think, like, the Chiefs are just at the point where they're like, if you want to hate us, that's great. It means we're doing something right. You know, like, yeah. let's embrace the villain era. We're going to continue to play throughout the entire season with the, with the target on our back. I think that they're just owning it now because they realize when you are the villain and you're you're constantly – same same being, like, successful in life, right? If people are constantly criticizing you, you're doing something right. Obviously, you know, it's only the people who are criticizing you that aren't doing as much as you. And that's exactly what's happening with the Chiefs now. And I think, like, they had a few little sassy comments here and there. But I don't think it was anything, like, to run with too much. So I like how the Chiefs were just like, you hate me? 
cool. It means I'm, it means I'm winning. Like, I love it. Like, like continue to hate on us, like, like the Patriots, that would be wonderful. So uh, that's kind of how I took it. And I mean, you know, Andy Reid's going to keep these guys in check. He's pretty good at that. Nothing's going to slip too much. From what I saw on social media with the clips of Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I would be terrified if I were the 49ers because they seem pretty comfortable getting booed and kind of having a natural reaction that just showed that they were completely comfortable in that moment because they've been in this moment before they've been in this situation. And Tracy, you just mentioned it. I, the chiefs aren't going to be intimidated by the situation that they're in, by everything that's going on. Patrick Mahomes saying that he's got a super bowl week routine now that he follows and kind of knows how to handle all these kinds of things. And all the pressure is on the San Francisco 49ers coming into this game. And the reason I think there were more 49ers fans and they were all booing is that 49ers fans are excited they're in the Super Bowl. They've been here all week. We're Chiefs fans. They got a budget because they got to save up for next year to go back to the Super Bowl. They're not going to spend the entire week there. They'll come there after media night. They've been there. They've seen what it is. Um, But yeah, my reaction after seeing how Travis Kelsey handled it and how Mahomes handled it was that they're completely comfortable in that moment being booed or just kind of showing their personality of it's okay if we're the villain now. We'll, We'll respond accordingly. Yeah, I think I, I heard an interview with Patrick earlier this week where he's like, you know what, if that's the role that I have to play now where we're, we're the villains and people want to hate us, he's like, I'm going to have some fun with it. So I what's funny is I feel like they were up there and they were, like you said, they were so comfortable hearing those boos and they just started laughing and they're like, all right, like I'm ready to play. I'm hyped up. I'm ready to go. And for me, just kind of like that's that's the opposite reaction I would have wanted to give the guys. Like I I think a better reaction would have been like the Chiefs go up there and everyone was completely silent. Like it was just almost an awkward silence because there's nothing to feed off there. Yeah. When you play in an away stadium, which we've done now two two games in a row, and we've been better on the road this season than than at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think our guys they really like feeding off that that opposing fan energy and that was just the exact opposite reaction I would have wanted to give those guys leading up to the Super Bowl so I just thought that was funny and I loved the way they handled it I just wish Andy Reid wouldn't have been booed because yeah that that's man, so rude that man's a saint you leave Andy alone I didn't know that you like that's they definitely up. boo Andy like yeah, like come on calm down I feel like Brock Purdy, his face, he just looked kind of in shock the entire time. He was just yeah. terrified. terrified. <laughs> he was like, okay. I'm happy to be there. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. If the bulletin board material, I don't think when fans say stuff, I don't think players take it seriously. I think when the players talk about other players is yes. when you see them kind of not talk about it until after the game. We saw with the Burrowhead comments. We've seen it with some of the stuff with the Ravens where it all came out afterwards. I don't think the fan stuff bothers them at all. And I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Kelsey being fired up. I think he just kind of played into it, but showing on that stage with everybody watching with the lights on and just kind of that environment that the players aren't used to as much as they do media, there's thousands of people and you're on a stage in front of all of them uh, to be that comfortable in that moment. Just they're ready. They're ready to go. Yeah. I just, I thought it was so funny because I'm like, the last thing y'all need to do is give these boys more fuel. Like goodness gracious. And, and Andy Reid is just, He's just, just elite. And I think it's so great that they have this Super Bowl routine because most teams can't say that, right? It's, 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 it's incredible. incredible. We have a Super it's Bowl. Incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so incredible. we've been hearing about a lot of, I mean, I feel like what? We're in day nine of Super Bowl week. <laughs> and I know that the week is seven days, but it's day nine of Super Bowl week. And we've heard nothing but complaints. Nothing but complaints. And, you know, listen to 610's radio all day today hilarious by the way of how they spoke about the Niners and the way that they're treating this whole practice field situation but what are your thoughts about the practice field situation and then the other complaint was oh goodness can't think of it off the top of my head so but they how we like, hold a lot our tackles hold a lot, that what you're talking a lot. About? right so what are you guys are just kind of quick thoughts about that and where's their mind at are they in the right headspace going into a super bowl game like are these the things we should be focusing on or i'll i'll leave i'll leave the hold comments bj we kind of talked about this on our podcast literally mm-hmm. a couple days ago um oh. but the field condition that's just okay. Are we preemptively looking for a reason that we're going to lose this game, and now we have this excuse that we've already put in the narrative? I mean, is that true? I don't know. I mean, I understand the whole turf versus artificial. 
it mm-hmm. is a little odd that they just slap some sod a week before when you know yeah. where the goal is going to be played forever over turf, which is how every team, I mean, there's no NFL team that practices on turf. Um, I understand that now, like two, I think it's like what the Panthers and the Titans have turf fields, but outside of that, no one else mm-hmm. does. So I understand that being frustrating, but then Goodell comes out yesterday and I mean, his words take it with a grain of salt, but he's Mm -hmm. saying, you know, we got 20 experts out there. We got the union out there, the players association and over 20 people are proving that this is fine to practice on. And then the Niners put out, yeah, it'll be fine by Wednesday. We'll be good by Wednesday. And it's like, okay. Okay, like, did you even feel the need that you had to put it out there in the first place if you're just gonna get over it by Wednesday? <laughs> right. It strikes me as odd, and I just feel like, and I mean, BJ, you can back me on this. I just don't think that's how the Chiefs would have handled it. They're not a very public team. If they have an issues with something, they'll get it done. But the Niners made a point to bring it up on media night and even joke back and forth with like Devo and Shannon about it. Where I was just like, all right, it just I don't know, bad taste. But BJ, you 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 fill in on what you think about yeah. that. I don't know all the details. I didn't know all the back and forth and media night. I'll play the other side that if there, if it was as soft as it, they're reporting that it was, and I, I'm going to paraphrase an article, something that I read that like it, it graded in like the fifties when the, when the field has to be in like the seventies of this like yeah. firmness rating or whatever, if it really was that low from knowing anything about NFL coaches and how type a they are, I would understand why they would be pissed and not wanting to get somebody hurt like a week before the game. Now how they go yeah. about it, all of us would probably do it differently if we're being honest about like all five of us in that exact same situation. So the chiefs wouldn't do that. That's just not how they operate. I don't see it as preemptively being annoyed about it's going to cost them the game or anything, but I can understand all the buildup for Kyle Shanahan for this game. And then you get out to practice and you're dealing with that has nothing to do with the chiefs get this. It's about how can the NFL not take care of it this way. And then everything after that is PR trying to, to take care of it. But I can understand from a coach's point of view, if it, it was as soft as they're saying it was why he would be annoyed. It's not going to have anything to do during their walkthroughs um, on whether it's going to affect their, whether they win the game or not. Uh, gives us a lot to talk about over two weeks before the game though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand where a coach would be coming from. The last thing you'd want to do is somebody to lose an Achilles or something on a, on a soft field. Uh, and then the NFL having to answer for that. And I know Lexi and Chrissy are going to chime in on this too, but to my understanding, they've sent team officials out to go check the field, correct? So in my mind, before we even got to these nine days of this week going into the Super Bowl, they kind of knew what the tone of the field was before they even got to Las Vegas. So, you know, I get the devil's advocate part about it, but I feel like if this was as bad as it should be, then, you know, they would have been pushing the issue on this immediately when they found out or when they sent people out there to go inspect the field in the first place. But that's just another quick thought for me. Go ahead, Chrissy and Lexi. Yeah. What what I found funny is <clears throat> like, sure, they're making comments about the field. They've made comments about the holding and then their owner made comments about the last Super Bowl and et cetera, et cetera. And then you hear this story that gets put out that the chiefs are outside practicing in the rain with pads on. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. and to me, I was just like, I love that that story got leaked for that. Like yeah. it just, it was kind of like, okay, well we're out practicing in the rain and pads. We're not complaining, you know, toughen up. I think, it, I think it's great. At least from a fan's perspective, that's how I see it. But to, to me, and <clears throat> like I said, I've never played in professional sports. I played soccer at a high level and I coach, I, I'm never someone who is saying, you know, I'm going to look for excuses to, to blame things like referees or penalties or field conditions. Like you go out to play because it's the game you love and you've worked hard to get here. And I'm going to have a hundred percent of my focus on that. Right. So to me, it's just been, it's been strange to see professional athletes as well as an owner. Just, it feels like constant complaints and more of like a, uh, I know they've now been deemed the nickname 40, 40 whiners, um, which is hilarious. <laughs> Classic. <But laughs> it, it's just like, it just seems weird that that's like the chiefs get asked questions and they're very complimentary of, of other teams and things like that. Yeah. And then you have Joey Bosa or not Joey, Nick Bosa. Wait, one of the Bosa's. One of the Bosa's. I can never, <laughs> whichever one. I don't like either of them. Um, and he's just like, well, they hold a lot. Like, it's just, I feel like the mentality, it doesn't seem like a champion's mentality. It seems like a loser's mentality where they're already like, well, we're going to come up with all these excuses, whether we think that's what we're doing or not. 
that's just not what your mind should be on when you're going into the ultimate career moment that you may never be at yeah. again. It just seems like a weird mentality to me as an ex-athlete. I mean, so I don't I, know. I think Andy Reid is really good at having our guys ready to not say any of those things. Like if you look at, um, I think it was either, I think it was Aaron Ladd that posted it um, or Harold Koontz, one of them that posted it with like Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor and Charles Menehue commenting on it about how, like they just didn't say anything about Nick Bosa's comments about the holding and whatnot. And right. then with the field stuff, I mean, it's kind of funny to me how it seems like this year of all years, it's now a thing where it's like, oh, why, why do the Kansas City Chiefs have home field advantage? I'm like, this has been a thing for as long as I can remember where it switches off yeah. every year. Last every year. year, we didn't have it because the Philadelphia Eagles had it. They practiced at the Cardinals facility and we practiced at Arizona State, right? Right. And so it's funny just how it seems to be like an issue this year all of a sudden. Like, oh, why, did the, why are the Niners stuck at UNLV? I'm like, that's not that's on the NFL. Like I that's not on the Chiefs and it's not on the Chiefs to give them uh usage of the Raiders facility either. So yeah. I just think it's kind of funny how the narrative switches it up. It always changes I, when it's this. It right? does. Exactly. It always changes Everyone, when it's this. The Chiefs are very hated right now, so anything that can give it. a reason to like hate on us extra is I just, love it. You know, but yeah. So getting closer to Sunday and injuries are still kind of there. They're lingering. So kind of what are our thoughts about Joe Tooney? Is he going to be healthy? I personally do not think that he will be. I know that that is not nice to say. I love him dearly, but it just seems like it's more severe than what we know. Right. Uh, the McKinnon news that came out today that is, and I believe Coach Reese said it's a long stretch for him to possibly ready to to be ready to go by Sunday. Um, so he's doubtful. But Willie Gay, great news. He should be back on the field this week. So, and I know the Niners, their injury report looks pretty clean this going into the Super Bowl, which I fully expect, right? So what are our thoughts about like our injury report? Ours, theirs, players being healthy going into this game, and you know, the impact or the not impact it'll make. Nick Allen Grady has been amazing, right? So that's positive. So what are your thoughts about the injury report, players being available, and things of that nature? Yeah, I think it's uh, – the Tooney the one doesn't necessarily bother me as much, although he is a phenomenal talent. Um, he's been phenomenal for the O-line. You know, they bring him out of retirement, bring him back into uh, the what the mix of what they have. And Andy Reid loves loves the O line. We all know that it's his baby, it's his project. You know, versatile O linemen who can go inside and outside. And you mentioned it, Nick Allegretti has been phenomenal filling in. So I don't feel as nervous about that. Although it is missed, I don't feel uneasy about the O line going into right. this. Uh, Allegretti's been in many playoff situations, starts, and Super Bowls that he's played in with the Chiefs. So I'm not concerned as much there. <laughs> Charles Minhew one bothers me probably the most. The fact that he's Absolutely. that sucks. Uh, yeah. Jared McKinnon coming back. I don't think anyone really expected it as well, you know, along with the fact that we're not expecting Tony to play either. Um, I'm actually kind of curious. Are we going to see Kadarius Tony? That's one that I'm curious. <laughs> of. I mean, that's like a, an outlier. And then Reed said today he might play. So we'll see how that goes. But I think the defensive side of it, the Charles Minhew thing, the pressure that he brings, um, there's a lot of people who can fill in for him and, and play along the line as well. But that probably is the biggest concern for me if you look at it. 100% agree. The impact that he's had on this team in his short amount of time of being here has been tremendous. Um, so it will definitely will fill him not being out there. Go ahead, BJ. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, I needed, I saw the quote from Andy Reid on Kadarius Tony of we'll see, and I can't read the quote. I need to hear how he said it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to hear the tone to, to kind of read between the lines on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the thing with the injuries that I'm most curious on how it plays out is without a minute, who's getting those snaps is, yeah. is Felix Andy Duque going to be um, active for this game? How do they rotate Dana and these guys? The 49ers play more 21 personnel than any other team in the league. They're going to be in base defense a lot. They're not going to be in a lot of, they're going to have three defensive linemen on the field more for this game than they normally would. And so how does Spagnuolo adjust to that? Uh, do you bring safety down? We talked about that with Matt Miller on KCS and update today. Do you bring Justin Reed down to the box to help in the run game with the Christian McCaffrey and trying to slow him down, which then just leaves the middle of the field and some of the deep shots open for the most accurate and the best deep ball passer in the NFL this season was Brock Purdy. Uh, he's in 20 yards or more down the field. He is the best quarterback in the league. So 
how does Justin Reed get utilized and then kind of chopping your way back of how does it start up front with their base defense and against, you know, Kyle Eustech and some of these guys and trying to kind of play a little bully ball. Um, yeah. How do they combat that? Is FAU going to get some snaps? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I definitely agree that Omenahue is probably the one I was most bummed about because he really was he he was becoming a force, especially that second half of the season towards the postseason, those last like six games or whatever he was playing with a sack. Um, Tooney, it sucks because he's like like Haley said, he's just been so phenomenal at what he does. Yeah. But Allegretti's been here before. He is so versatile. Andy Heck has done such a phenomenal job in practices and plugging these guys into different spots so that they can fill in and plug holes when, when holes come up. So I have no concerns about Allegretti at all. Um, I, I don't need to see Kadarius, Tony. He can, he can not sit that time with me. I'm good. <laughs> we, we've been talking all season where we need to consolidate and I do not want the Super Bowl to be the time where we are like, you know what? Let's just bring another wide receiver back. Let's in. go ahead and run corn dog with KT. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we don't we'll need see. that this week. <laughs> So I don't need to see that, but it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. But I, I am curious about how the defensive line is going to adjust without a many hue. Um, like Felix, he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He hasn't had a lot of snaps. So um, this would be a really, really big stage for a rookie to come out and have to ha play more significant snaps than because, because of a many hues loss. So that, that is definitely what I'm, most concerned about especially with McCaffrey and how he can be utilized and and whatnot so yeah it kind of fit Kadarius Tony is I kind of feel like Andy Reid is the guy to give him a third chance of course and mm -hmm. uh it would not surprise <laughs> me during the Super Bowl <laughs> however yeah. I think if he does and Kadarius Tony messes up I think he's going to be quickly pulled and won't be given like a fourth chance so I, yeah. I see him getting another chance and it would not surprise me at all and I can actually see him making a big play and being like, see, like, this is why. We yeah, no. Um, the way the season is gone. Uh, Whatever you know, film like, you need for your next team. There you <laughs> go. Um, my only thing um, I wanted to say about Aminihu is we do got to remember he didn't play the first five games of the season, too. And the defensive right. line was still pretty good then, too. So, you right. know, yes, as soon as he got on, as soon as he was active, he was very impactful. But I do truly believe that this defensive line will be able to figure it out because they had to do it before um so they should be able to do it again so let's kind of get into it and you guys already tapped into it a little bit the offense and the defense offense and defense the two like who would have ever thought that this year we would love talking about the defense so much oh my god well let's go ahead and let's talk about the offense for a little bit and then we'll get into the defense so healthy offense healthy Patrick Mahomes. We're not dealing with a one-legged Patrick Mahomes and a back spasm Travis Kelsey going into the Super Bowl. So those are things to be very grateful for at this current moment. So offense, who are your who are your X factors on the offense this game? Who we expect to have or who we would like to see be a breakout? Yeah, I think the thing that we want to see especially is the way that the Chiefs have been playing in the playoffs so far offensively. They have been able to move the ball down the field extremely, extremely well and un I, I dare I say uncharacteristic-like as in comparing yeah. them to the regular season, right? These were things that kind of emerged in, in, the, in the postseason where we were all of a sudden like, are they back? Is yeah. Magic back? And I don't necessarily think – it's the flashy Mahomes magic we're used to seeing when he first emerged. I don't, I don't think it's ever going to become that again because obviously things are ever changing in the NFL and defenses are figuring things out. But what I think has been impressive is the way that they've handled the pressure. They're getting hot at the right time and they've been finding those checkdowns, those intermediate passes, but also they've kind of thrown in some of those deep balls. Again, we've seen those emerging and, and being able to exploit the defenses in which they face. I think that that's something that's kind of coming back for, yeah. for what they've been doing. I think the biggest key, is getting the run game going you know they've really got to be able to step it up with the run game get that thing rolling and then I think you're going to see these guys come out of pocket like Noah Gray and you're going to see uh dare I say it MVS playoff MVS the dude might have a day who knows I mean lock it up like he did against the the Baltimore Ravens last NFC championship. <laughs> so we'll see how it rolls but I think the biggest thing is if you can get the run game going I'm going to feel pretty confident about the plays that Mahomes has the ability to make because as long as you have those consistent yards, 
pounding the rock and getting that through consistently, I think that they'll be able to have those flashes of Mahom Mahomisms. Is that what we're going to call them? Sure. Love it. That is <laughs> <Not sure. laughs> that the Chiefs over because they can lean on their defense. So we'll have to see what happens. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say I was going to say the running game. Uh, same thing. I, I'm connecting dots here, just looking at the stats. But, um, you know, the 49ers defense, as good as they were supposed to be coming into this season, they haven't been great against the run, uh, particularly outside runs. And there's not a team that runs outside zone more in the NFL than the Chiefs. And so just on paper, it sets up well. And schematically, you look at the last few matchups, even when the, Ra the 49ers have had some of these best defenses in the NFL. Andy Reid's offenses have always had success against them. And I don't know if it's just because of the strengths and the weaknesses just match up well for the Chiefs, but whether yeah. it's Isaiah Pacheco getting outside or some of the jet sweep action they do with McCole Hardman or anybody else they hand the ball to on some of those wide receiver end around type plays to get outside. Um, that's kind of, it fits what they do well and it fits where the 49ers have struggled. Last two games in the playoffs, the 49ers given up almost what 160 yards per game on the ground giving up over six yards a carry to Aaron Jones, to David Montgomery over the last two weeks. So they need to get the, the the ground game going just because they've had success with it. Plus, I think it's the easiest way to, if you know Nick Allegretti's personality at all, you don't have to ease him in, but you got to get that aggression out of him early. He is yeah. an energy giver. He is one of the guys firing everybody up. Yeah, It's a lot easier to do that with an offensive lineman playing in this big a game. And he started the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's the one we don't necessarily want to talk about, but he hasn't started a big game before. <laughs> But for offensive linemen, get those guys out. Let them go hit somebody uh, yep. rather than just dropping back in pass pro, trying not to trip and get Mahomes hit uh, like, that early in the I, game. I kind of feel like Nick Allegretti is going to want to have a prove-it game if he's the one starting because he was in that Super Bowl 55 where we don't ever talk about it. And, nope. uh, yeah. it was rough. <laughs> so I feel like he's going to want to go out there and really have a prove-it game like I can, I can do this. Um, so if he does start, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he does, but I do want to ask you guys just real quick, cause we've talked about it on this podcast, but what do you think the difference is with McCole Hardman and him running those jet sweeps so successfully in the past? And then this season joining the chiefs again, <clears throat> been rough. Like he has yeah. not really a successful jet sweep at all. Like, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on that? BJ, you take it first. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm very simple. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a health thing. I don't know if it's uh, I don't have the stats in front of me on the coverages. I mean, when he was running those and successful with him, Tyreek Hill was on the field and that changed the way defenses played us completely. They weren't playing yeah. man and playing up on the line of scrimmage. They were back. They were worried about getting beat, which means you have a little bit more space. You have more angles to make cuts to turn up field where you can't turn up field. And you can't get your momentum going that way. If there's guys in your face, um, or the nickel or the end are coming up the field. So um, without having the numbers, I would just say, I don't know. I think he's more banged up. I don't think he's the same explosive player he was a few years ago, but they're going to need him and those complimentary guys. Haley, you get tired of me talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's not that Rishi Rice and Travis Kelsey are going to make plays. That's who they are. That's what they do. Yeah. MVS is going to have to make a huge third down catch. Noah Gray is going to make a huge third down catch. Justin Watson is going to make a play at some point because they're the ones who are going to be open. <laughs> they're the ones yeah. in single coverage. Mahomes is going to read the defense. They know to be in the right spot. Then it just catch the freaking football. And it's amazing how much better our offense looks when the role players just make the simple plays. Uh, and then everyone's like, the offense is fixed. Like, no, the role guys are just making those third doing down catches. Yeah. And they're doing yeah. their job. And the running game is going. And, and Pacheco is the one kind of the engine behind all of it, to be honest. At this he really point. is the heart and soul of our offense this year, I feel like. I mean, when Isaiah Pacheco has, what, between 15 and 18 carries a game, we're undefeated. And, you know, even though I will say that's the one thing I take away from the Ravens game, there were so many times where he got stopped on third and one or fourth and one or third and two. Um, but Andy Reid did not give up on the run. And I was like, bless. And the Ravens Andy did. For not giving up on it because he could have easily just been like, nope, Patrick, you're going to throw the ball for the whole entire rest of the game and didn't. And we still – we're able to prevail and win in that game by just continuing to keep focus on the run game. So very yeah, well, happy. When, <clears throat> when the run game is working and when, when we continue putting effort into the run, it opens up the entire offense because when we're just trying to throw the ball down the field, the whole game, like they know like, okay, we don't really not, we don't really have to play the middle of the field. We can just play back. They're not going to. And, and then we, then we don't do anything. It, it's just, 
when we finally started saying, okay, we're going to have a much more balanced attack, running the ball and throwing the ball, defenses were having a harder time and our offense was having more success because the defenses had to respect both the run and, and the pass. So I do think we have to make sure we get that running game involved and we have to make sure that it stays consistent throughout the whole game. And I love the fact that in order to ice the game at the end of last week or two the AFC championship game. I don't know how many days. It's been, been a really now. long nine days. It's been a really long time. <laughs> I love that Pacheco had that nice long run. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, we, we, we have to make sure that the run game stays consistent throughout the game, whether it's working the whole time or not, we still have to make sure that we are causing them to respect it. So I, I think Pacheco is a big deal. And I think Noah Gray is going to be more and more important I than I think people are potentially thinking i feel like he may have a couple big plays involved there but i i think that our offense we we've been able to move down the field against some of the best defenses i mean look at buffalo look at um the at baltimore what we did especially in the first half second half there's i think we are managing the game probably more than maybe chief fans would like at least that's what i'm hoping was happening but I, I do I think that we've him. proven we can go down the field on the best defenses in the NFL. So I, I don't, I'm not concerned about that. I would really like to see uh Rushy Rice. I think the record right now for rookie wide receiver in the Super Bowl is 109 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, I think if we can get him involved, just get him on some, some good screenplays, some good stuff like that. I think, uh, I, I just, I don't know. And I, I just know Andy Reid, he's going to have this offense rolling. I'm just not really concerned about them. Like I was during the regular season. I think they've rolled so smoothly, like everyone said in this postseason so far, that there's really not a lot to be concerned about. Now I'll knock on wood as I say that, because that's what we do. Uh, but, uh, but so far they haven't given me a reason to worry in this postseason. Now they did get shut out against the Baltimore defense in that second half, but they did have a lot of good things that worked. They just couldn't really capitalize on anything. So I think just getting over those small little humps, those small little mistakes they made in that second half, I think we should be fine. I also fully believe we conservative conservative did it up. <laughs> Went conservative did it up All in that right. second half of that Ravens game too. I feel like Andy Reid originally had a game plan of what he wanted to do in the Ravens game. And I feel like it completely changed as the game continued to go on. And I, I don't hate it at all. I don't, I don't hate it at all. They had a great so. defense. Like, they were the number one defense. Which is why I'm not worried about the Niners at all. Um, So, the defense, right? We're talking about the defense. We kind of got what our expectations are for our offense. I do agree with all four of you. I think the offense is going to keep rolling, especially going into this game. Also, I know we already talked about media night, and we just spoke very highly about how great Isaiah Pacheco was. But when I say he was so, like, focused and tuned in yesterday on media night I was just like huh okay I don't think I've seen this side of him before so I think he's ready to run through a wall 200 yards this week like there's some extra energy there that I think he's going to bring this week and I'm very happy to see it but the defense do more (laughs) yeah the defense they've been the saving grace of this team literally all season they're the reason we're here they are the saving grace every single player is amazing i hate i don't even want to talk about the offseason yet and contracts and who we're keeping and all of that we're going to keep it positive and happy right now but who are your x factors on the defense like who needs to come out step up big have that game to make sure we really secure this who needs to keep the energy and keep the team going the whole 60 minutes of this game yeah, I think this is going to be uh, – I know we just talked about the run for for the Chiefs. they got to get that going. Well, they have to stop the run from the Niners, and I think that's the biggest key to this. It's going to you know, plug the gap, plug the holes, and be able to, to stop it at the line of scrimmage and not let McCaffrey get away with those explosive plays. That's going to be – I mean, the thing is, it, it's almost – I think Spagnuolo has said this before or kind of something along the lines of, like, the explosive plays are going to happen. They're going to happen regardless how much of a minimal effect we can – or how much minimum – effect they can have from it is really where where they start to buffer that you know they've got like it's gonna happen how can you contain it have you contained it the majority of the game so that when one of those explosive plays is inevitably going to go that you're able to have more points on the board and be able to slow them down so 
you know, those red zone issues as well, that's going to be a factor in this one, being able to, if they get there, <laughs> stop it or make, you know, those turnovers and be able to force those turnovers or, you know, make it three instead of uh, six points for them. But I really think that it's going to be coming down not only to the line, but the linebacker core. The secondary is phenomenal. I have a lot of faith in them. I mean, this is like, you know, Legereus Steen, my God, I hope we bring him back. Trent McDuffie. Yeah. They've been able to do just locking down the top receivers in the NFL has been just so stout. But I really think that, you know, the, the linebacker core is going to have to step up here. Those And Justin Reed maybe, you know, coming down a little bit like BJ was saying, because this is going to be tricky. How, how much can you limit mm -hmm. guys like him? And then freaking Kittle, man. I mean, he just pops. It's so hard to defend tight ends. He's just going to yeah. eat it. He's going to just be a, an annoyance. And then you got to go, and, and so I'm, it's not really anyone's not necessarily worried about Purdy. It's just more about him, what his, what weapons he has, and yeah. if he can stop it. Yeah, my answer, and I'm going to paraphrase this. I'm going to credit the the KC Lab guys. Uh, Haley calls them the boys at home because uh, <laughs> I was able to watch the AFC Championship with our guys who host the KC Laboratory. And one of the things that they talked about last week that Baltimore was so good at in the second half uh, was not giving away their coverages too early. Uh, mm -hmm. when they were on defense and they were not giving yeah. it away because they know that Patrick Holmes gets up and does that fake cadence like they're about to snap it because then he knows that Baltimore needs to be in the position they're going to because they think they're about to snap. Well, Baltimore got in tune to that, didn't show it on that first, and then they rotated late when he actually snapped it. Well, it's the same thing for the Chiefs, I think, defensively going into this game and that they need wherever Justin Reed is lined up. I'm going to watch the safety rotations. Do they start him low thinking that it's a one high to where Purdy thinks there's a heavy box check out of a run because we don't have numbers. They check to a pass and then Justin Reed slides back. That's really simplifying a very difficult thing. But for me, it's watching where the safety goes. Where do they start? Where do they end up? And then that chess match that, is I've never paid attention to that during a game until I heard the lab guys talking about it in real time in the Ravens game. How does Brock Purdy do that in trying to get the Chiefs to show where the safeties are going to end up or whether they're going to blitz? Because there's not anybody that disguises blitzes better than Spagnolo. He gets more free rushers than anyone else in the league because they time it right and they set it up right. How can Purdy try to get as much information before the snap as possible? And how long can the Chiefs wait before they show what they're actually doing? And Absolutely. so that, for me, is watching the safety. It's watching Justin Reed. Where does he go? Uh, and can they trick him just enough, starting low, then dropping and ending up with one of those game-changing interceptions? Because uh, this game could get out of it. I was talking to Matt Miller earlier today, and he got me excited. This game really could get out of hand quickly for the Niners yeah. if they don't start hot. Because the last thing they want to do is get down early and have the same thing that the Ravens did where they're playing catch up because I don't think Purdy can do it either. Yep. Fully yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree. Our defense has been so <clears throat> lights out, especially in the second half. They make some phenomenal adjustments to where teams are having a hard time scoring points at all in the second half. Yeah. Um, and I, I know our defense is really going to have to make sure that they are careful about that. Cause we all know, we all saw what the 49ers did against Detroit where they came back in the second half and, and won a game that we kind of all thought were, was getting out of hand. Right. But I believe that our defense is so disciplined. And as BJ was talking about how creative Spags is with the blitzes and, and with design, with disguising coverages, um, I don't have any concerns about how our defense is going to do. One thing I am really, really excited about is that we should have our full linebacker core back and ready to go with Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil um, and Leo Chanel getting some extra snaps with yeah. Willie Gay having to be out as well. Um, I think that's only going to play to our advantage too because he's had to go up against some of the top offenses coming into this game. So with Willie Gay being out and hurt. So um, they're going to be huge in trying to limit McCaffrey because we all know McCaffrey's going to have a game, right? We just have to limit it. It's kind of like when we were playing Derrick Henry – years ago when he was still just a force yeah. and everyone's like, well, the chiefs aren't going to be able to do anything about him, but somehow we are able to limit some of the, the big plays and kind of contain him a little bit. And as long as we can contain what McCaffrey, especially and what Kittle can do, um, I think our defenses can do a really good job stopping anything over the top and whatnot. So we just kind of have to try to keep, get him into more third and longs than anything. Cause I think, yeah. I think that's that's when Purdy will struggle. Purdy win. If, yeah. if it's more consistent yeah. third and longs than anything. So I think my hot take, this is just a bold prediction. I love hot takes. <laughs> <Knock on wood. laughs> um I don't think McCaffrey is gonna have as big of a game as people think. I would love I that. Think, um, 
I mean, if you look at what we did to Lamar Jackson. I think watching that Ravens game (laughs) gave me more confidence in that than ever. And it it does depend on their offensive play calling for sure, because the Ravens just completely gave up on their run game and forced Lamar to throw that ball. And we really stacked the box and didn't really give him a lot of opportunities to run. Um, I think McCaffrey is going to have a few burst plays. I think he'll probably get like 60, 70, 80 yards on us. I think he will have a red zone touchdown or two. but I don't think he's – I think that's going to be such a big focal point for our defense. I don't think it's going to be as big as people think. That's just my – that's my hot take for the game. Um, but, you know, I don't know for sure. But I could I could just see it happening. I just kind of think that's what's being slept on on our defense, and I think the 49ers are going to try to capitalize on it. And I think Spagnolo, even if – McCaffrey, let's say he does get it in the first half. He does kind of have those few explosive plays. I think he's really good at adjusting in the second. Um, and I think that's where we can kind of stop them. Even if even if they get up a little bit on us in the first half, I have no worries that we can adjust there in the second well, half. Didn't we? That, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jody. I was just going to say, I think the Ravens game was a really good game for us to prepare going into this game against the yeah, Niners. Honestly, too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like so, the Ravens—they have all these great risk. They have all these great running backs. They have Lamar Jackson, who norm, who literally just went for a hundred yards the game previously to that, and I feel like that was really good preparation for us to be able to go into a hostile environment, be able to execute, hold Lamar and the rest of those running backs to so many y- yards, right, and to be able to walk out of there with the win. So that's there's a few things from that game that I take away that are things really will set us up for how we make those adjustments going into this Niners game because they do have that great – they have great running backs there too. And, I mean, Debo Samuel is just amazing, right? So I I think that that was everything that – the path that we took to get to where we are today, I think, set us up for being able to go out and execute in the way that we need to. Go ahead, Chrissy. Well, what I was saying is – I know Lamar Jackson is supposed to be phenomenal against the blitz, right? Wasn't he one of the best quarterbacks this year against the blitz? And then the chiefs went in there and we blitzed him more than almost any other team. Right. And we were very successful at it. So I think that just the chiefs defense, like I know BJ was talking about it. They're able to do things that maybe offenses aren't expecting because it hasn't worked against them, but the way they're able to, to disguise these things, yeah. I don't know. I think I think that a lot of teams underestimate just what our defense is going to be able to do, which and is I, amazing. I love that. Yeah, keep, keep <laughs> they've been, they've been doing it all season long, so I'll take it. All right, I want to know what is everybody's favorite key matchup going into this game. What are you most looking forward to? Honestly. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut someone off. No, um, I was just saying, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I kind of, and I, again, BJ, I feel like I'm recycling a lot of our podcasts right now, but I kind of <laughs> liked what we were talking through about, because because no one's comparing like they were last season, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. No one's comparing Purdy and, and Mahomes. Like that's not even a conversation. But what is a conversation is finding out if he is actually a legitimate quarterback yeah. or if he has weapons around him that make him have phenomenal statistics that come out during the regular season because we haven't really seen it in his postseason play. And in the regular season, he had some exceptional elite games. I think that was the word we were using, BJ. Like, is he elite or not? Mm-hmm. That's really maybe the matchup I'm looking forward to is, is the quarterback matchup, which a lot of people aren't talking about. You know, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's always going to beat Mahomes. And even when he has a down year he's better than your most average I mean like he's better than your usually most teams best quarterback they've had a long time so I think what I'm looking forward to seeing is is Purdy a playmaker is he going to be someone who can extend the play who can make call an audible make these things happen utilize his legs and I mean I don't want to see that but what I'm saying is I'm curious to see that yeah probably the biggest matchup I'm looking at Mine's simple, low-hanging fruit. Just Travis Kelsey. The 49ers play a ton of zone coverage. That is right up Travis Kelsey's alley. Um, He's already setting all kinds of records. Already has the most catches of anybody in the postseason, passing Jerry Rice, which is amazing if you look at some of Jerry Rice's. Being in a conversation anywhere near Jerry Rice on postseason statistics is crazy. But, Haley, I think I remember it was 11 completions, 263 yards, and two touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in this game. And he will be in the top five in NFL history for Super Bowl performances for yards, touchdowns, and 
Yeah. So yeah, that may I, think ha- I that like his chances happen this week. The 263, yeah. the yards might be close, but I like 11 completions to Kelsey. Even I feel pretty comfortable about. So I, I think this would be a big game for Travis Kelsey. Uh, don't have my yards, but uh, he's gonna have a lot of, a lot of targets, a lot of receptions, I believe. Gosh, I, I'm just looking forward to all of it. I don't even <laughs> pick one. I'm just ready for Sunday. Pick one. Um, <clears throat> Okay, I'm just I'm looking forward to I, I can't believe I left Nick Bolton out earlier when I was listing our linebackers. Like I feel M-I-Z. terrible about that. That's my bad. M I Z. Um, I'm really looking forward to our linebackers and our our internal internal is not the right word, but I have a migraine and so I can't think of words when this happens. <laughs> um inside defensive line, the in there the you go. Guys. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do against the run. I feel like um, Nick Bolton and I know he's not, you know, he's got the thing, but he he, on his hand, but he's been playing better these past couple of games, getting kind of get back, back into his, his prime here. But having Willie Gay back is great. Drew Trinkle has like been one of the leading tacklers. So very much just looking forward to that matchup. I think like seeing how the linebackers in the D line are really going to do against the run, which is our defense's weakest point. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Lex. I'd say, I guess just to go off of what everyone else is saying, I'd say Isaiah Pacheco versus their run defense is a big one for me. I think he's going to have himself a great game. Um, So just to keep it simple, I think Isaiah Pacheco. For me, I'm excited to see both tight ends, two best, the two best tight ends in the NFL. I'm ready to see how they battle it out Um, because they are like very close friends too in I love George Kittle as much as I well, not as much as I love Travis, but love him too. So I can't wait to see who is the more superior tight end at the end of this matchup. So I let's see how people have them as even too going into this. I'm like, oh, even, huh? Yeah, that's exactly what he wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So, what are just some quick keys to winning this game? And then we'll get into some score predictions. So, keys to victory. Overall victory. I mean, I think it's it's they got to start hot. You know, Chiefs coming out hot. Don't get behind. Um, although we know that the Chiefs can play from behind, it's really more you know getting that momentum to swing early. Because I think if they can rip the momentum away from the Niners, be able to shut down those explosive plays and not let the Niners get maybe just even to where they could stay within it, like pull ahead, pull ahead quick, keep them down, keep your foot on their throat. I think that's how they're going to be able to win this one because it's, it's kind of, I've been used to always saying, you know, Oh, just finish. You know, the chiefs will always figure it out in the second half, not this season. Just go ahead and get it over with really hot in the first, first half, and then just be able to, you know, keep them at an arm's length the entire second half. I think that's been a strategy they've been using the playoffs and I want to see it continue kill their confidence. Absolutely. Haley, you're going to laugh because I said the same thing for I think three weeks now. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they're going to win the game. If they don't give San Francisco easy points, they're not. They're <laughs> not. If they don't give them short fields and they make Brock Purdy and that offensive line and even Christian McCaffrey go all the way down the field consistently to put up points versus Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, who've already had success against this scheme. They can't go possession for possession with the Chiefs. They need easy points. And if the Chiefs don't give it to them, I don't think they can make up the points otherwise. Yeah, um, I agree with both of them. Uh, yeah. bo- both Haley and BJ, those are exactly my two keys to the game. I feel like our offense has to go out and they have to start hot. <clears throat> and I, I think our defense really needs to do the same. But if our offense can go and get ahead early and get more seven-point drives and three-point drives and really start running that score up, and our defense maybe holding one of those possessions to a three and out or at least to no points, um, <clears throat> I think that I'm not saying Purdy is not a great quarterback because I do believe he is a great quarterback. I'm just not sure he's built quite yet for this moment. And I feel like if they get down, that may be something where he's maybe some of that inexperience starts showing where he may be making some more air passes or some bad decisions. And so I would like to see us get out early. And like BJ said, no turnovers, can't be giving yeah. them easy points, can't be giving them short fields or anything like that. We have to make sure that we are giving our defense the best possible chance from our offense. So just no turnovers, no turnovers. And I would like to see our defense also creating turnovers. What we were able to do against Baltimore was fantastic. Um, maybe not yeah. wait till the goal line. 
next time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little scary, but um, but still, I mean, we were able to get two turnovers and huge, huge key moments in that game, mm-hmm. which helped really seal that game. So turnovers are a big one and getting out early for sure. Yeah, and I think um, what's interesting about the 49ers this season with Shanahan is he hasn't been able to really win from coming from behind, right? Like that's always been his thing. It was like 30 games in a row or something crazy where he got down to like really, he was way behind. He wasn't able to win, but this playoffs has shown he did that twice now. (laughs) So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, But I just think, yeah, like everyone said, minimalizing the turnovers if our O-line can just really not penalize, that would be amazing, especially after their defense's comments. Um, if we could just have Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith and Trey Smith, everyone just behave and Good play your most football, um, that would be – that's huge for us. And just capitalizing in the red zone, just instead of taking field goals, which we love Harrison Butker. I trust him with my whole heart. Um, but if we could just make some touchdowns instead of field goals – Yeah, I fully agree. My X factors are definitely execution in the red zone. Mistake-free football, guys. Yes. Bless. Um, (laughs) And time of possession. I think Andy Reid did an amazing job last week with time of possession. Um, So you want to speed the game up? Speed the game up. You want to slow the game down? Slow the game down. So more of that, please. And yeah, just, just mistake free football. That's, that's all I play during the season. I was like, if we could just get 45 minutes of clean football. Now I'm like, all right, Super Bowl. If we can get 60 minutes of clean football, (laughs) (laughs) that's all I can beg and ask for. Right. So, yeah. So let's, let's get into score predictions and let's go ahead and sprinkle who you think your MVP of this game will be. If you have the chiefs winning. (laughs) I think it's hard not to say that if the Chiefs win, that Mahomes won't be the MVP, uh, unless something except unless we see an exceptional showing from either Travis or Pacheco. Like I really think it would be locked in for Mahomes if the Chiefs win. With that being said, I have kind of gone with a bold prediction. It's a little odd to put the Chiefs above a thirty-point mark, but I'm saying thirty-four, twenty-four. We shall see. I'm just throwing it out there. I think that it's going to be more likely than not that the Chiefs win by more than a touchdown, um, especially if they can come out the gates hot and, again, play sound, fundamental football. I know it's such a cliche, but no mistakes. So that's my prediction. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. I think the Chiefs win by two possessions. I think it's going to be something like 31-17, something like that. I just What I need to see in this game is Brock Purdy overthrowing a pass in the fourth quarter that can bring it back into it. And then a shot of Kyle Shanahan, who remembers the Emmanuel Sanders throw, and is just crushed, and it becomes a meme forever. That's what I want from this game. He overthrows a pass in the fourth quarter that's close. He's going to lose his mind. BJ uh, is also in his villain era, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I just embraced it at this point. I didn't do anything to anybody, and they hate us because they ain't us, so we'll just – We'll enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat and I suck at score predictions. So I feel I don't <laughs> like doing them. I'm so bad at them. But I also feel like it, it could be like a 31-17 game if our offense gets out. Because like, I know that we that some of us have this scenario where we feel like maybe, or this theory that Andy Reid, you know, goes conservative for a reason. He doesn't want to show his cards too much. And it's like, well, we're in Vegas. Vegas, it's the last game of the season. Show all your cards. Go crazy. We don't care. Um, so I would just like that. Like, just just go. Just stomp your foot. Just put it, just put it away. Um, that's what I'd like to see. And I, I agree. I think something crazy would have to happen if the chiefs win for Mahomes not to get the MVP he's involved in literally every single play yeah and without his leadership on the field I mean on and off the field so I I I would think Mahomes would be the MVP for sure if the chiefs win so I want to go a little more conservative just because of what I've seen this season (laughs) I'm going to go 21 27 chiefs I still think we win I still think we win by a possession um but I could see like the Niners getting some stupid garbage time, something, or I don't know. Um, but I, I do think, I think the chiefs are going to dominate as long as we play our best football, which we've been doing these past few weeks in the playoffs. So as long as we keep that up, I think uh, we've been through the ringer. I think we played the dolphins at home, which was negative 30 degrees and 
that was a really good test. And Chris Jones was saying today, people got frostbite. And yeah, I was there. I was in front of a space see, here. See my like, fingers? Oh, exactly. Yeah, I don't hold fingers anymore, guys. I was there. <laughs> I couldn't feel my toes by halftime, so I don't even know yeah. how the players felt. You know? <laughs> Um, oh, that's got nothing on me. So to do that, and then we go to the Bills where they had to shovel snow out of the stadium, and that was a freezing game. And then to go to the Ravens where it was raining, and I just think our team has been through so much. These playoffs and the Niners, they had a bye week and they had two games at home that weren't overly challenging, in my opinion. However, we did lose to the Packers and the Lions that they played, so I think that's kind of interesting. Week one um, was an anomaly. Those were a long time ago, but <laughs> you know, I just, it's just, I don't know, it's just the irony of the season, I guess, mm -hmm. but I do think if the Chiefs play their best ball, I think we win 21-27. I think, like you said, it'll probably be Mahomes with the MVP, but my hot take, uh, again, I guess, is if it's not Mahomes, I think it could be someone on our defense, and I think, like, Last season, I think if uh, Nick Bolton didn't have that second scoop and score taken away, I think he could have won it. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see someone on defense win it, like Snead or Chris Jones. Someone like that would be really cool. But You know, Snead would be cool since he got snubbed from his All-Pro. But oh that's gosh. a whole nice conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't actually say numbers. I think I stopped saying numbers for <laughs> scores like week 16. And yeah, Jody's not allowed. So I don't say numbers. I just say range. I definitely think we win this game by 10 easily, like easily 10 points. Um, Patrick Mahomes will probably be the MVP because why not give him a third one? Just why um, not? Here you go. Pat. Why not? Why not give him a third one? But I totally agree with Lexi. If it had to be someone besides him, I would love for it to be like a Travis Kelsey who has had an incredible career and why not add it to the Hall of Fame resume or yeah. someone like a Legereus Knee who was snubbed in uh, the all pro votes. So um, yeah, I, I think the chiefs bring back um, another trophy ring, whatever you want it to be. I think we parade on Wednesday. Um, the weather looks nice in Kansas city. So let's just cross our fingers for that. And I just want to continue to say that the AFC is better than the NFC. So yeah. we've had a lot tougher stretch than any NFC C team, <laughs> which makes me feel, Pretty good about going into this game. So, Haley and BJ, thank you for blessing <laughs> us with your presence today. We're so glad that you guys were able to hop on with us. Super last minute. We wanted to do something special going into the Super Bowl. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Please tell all of our listeners where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, all of those great things. Yeah, you can follow us on the Kansas City Sports Network on Twitter and Instagram. BJ, you might know the handles better than I would, but uh, find, so. us, find us on the, the Twitter space, or what are we calling it, X now? Is that the thing? Sure. I'm not I'm not cool, so. There you go. What, what she said. Yep. <laughs> BJ loves social media. He's on it. He's he like, loves it. <laughs> and you don't I have, have a choice. It won't ever go away. <laughs> You just got to embrace it at this point. <laughs> My phone goes off a lot as it is, so I don't need to do a whole lot more. Haley can attest to that. that is You're true. like the Adam Schefter of Kansas City. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are super grateful that you guys were able to join with us again. Hope you enjoy PL. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. Again, if y'all missed it, they're going to be at the Power and Light on Sunday. They're going to be by Mosaic on the rooftop doing great, lively, lovely things, rocking out for the Chiefs game. Um, I'm sure they're probably going to hopefully either party or run after the game. Either way, um, they'll be there. So tag them, shout them out, say hi to them if you see them. And again, thank y'all so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Lexi. Get into the sponsor so we can get out of here. I got to go find some dinner. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, we got Kin Seltzer. We got um, first ever Black-owned seltzer. In, uh, it's brewed right here in Kansas City, right downtown. Uh, it's very delicious. It's pineapple and peach, and they're about to release a second flavor here really soon. Strawberry um, lemonade. Yeah, strawberry lemonade. So we'll be up for yeah. that. And yes. we'll get only you 100 calories a can. Don't forget that. 100 <laughs> calories a can. 
made of all fruit, no artificial sugars. It is good if you decide to mix it with like a little vodka or a little tequila. <laughs> it's really good if you like to mix it too. You can get it from pretty much every brewery in Kansas City, but our favorite place to go is Boulevard Brewery <laughs> down in, wait, what area? The Crossroads. I'm like, wait, what's the area called? So, yes. <laughs> go get some. <laughs> Chrissy, sign us out, please. Well, again, Haley and BJ, thank you guys so much for joining us today. You guys were wonderful, and we, we are so honored that you guys took the time to come join us on our podcast today. Um, you guys, this the last game of the season is this weekend. We are so close. It's going to be here before we know it. And just I just want everyone to take a moment and just think about this season and how there were so many times we're like, man, we may be lucky to make the playoffs. Like, we're not – we can't catch up football. We can't do this. And just sit here and just – enjoy the fact that we are somehow in the Super Bowl this year. Again, for the fourth time in five years, we are in the Super Bowl. So just reminisce, feel blessed, <laughs> enjoy this time, because at some point we may be back to the old times and we just, let's not think about that right now, but just really cherish this moment. Okay, guys, just ah, so exciting. So if you're heading out to Vegas, be safe, have so much fun. If you're staying here, if you're going PL, if you're doing any of that, just have so much fun. Enjoy that time with your family and friends. And let's just go, Chiefs. Let's go take down those 40 winers and send them back to San Francisco. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so until next time, your queens have spoken. Bye. Bye. Go, Chiefs. <laughs>